Hello everyone, welcome to Vention, where people find passions and passions find people. Today on episode 10, I have Joel Rowe, a personal friend and passionate creator. So, without further ado, start your engines. I just got a flood of memes that just came across my mind. People's niche uh, hobbies and interests and stuff are just... It's funny. I mean, that meme I sent you the other day about the keyboards, it was like, it's a pretty, you know, specific hobby. And there's, uh, a, yeah. there's a bunch of terminology in there that if you just showed it to somebody who, you know, isn't very tech savvy, they'd be like, yeah, I don't understand that <laughs> meme. <laughs> so meme, or uh, topic-specific memes, like highly topic-specific memes are... They're a little bit odd to me, but I definitely shared one myself. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. It happens to all of us. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. We all have chapters in our lives, and they're all filled with memes these days. Yeah, like literally almost anything can, be can get memed now. Can. And and immediately, too, because yeah. we're so connected now. Just bam, memes. T-shirts, bam, overnight. Yeah. You want a T-shirt with something that you heard on it, about, you know, yesterday on it? Okay, yeah. here you go. You can order it. Like the closest thing that we had, like, that was like closest to that was like back in the day, like in two, like the early two thousands. They yeah, they would the day. <laughs> they would make like the T shirt for like the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They would make yeah. one for the winner and one for the loser. Right, and then they would just like the moment that either one won, they would just spam that one shirt. Right, and they would have them all printed just already, ready, ready, already. Yeah. And like so, it was really funny. Like they, there was a picture like back in the day, and it was like a village in like Uganda. And they had all gotten like donation T-shirts, and it was all the losing team. The other ones. I was just about to ask, what do they do with the other? And t-shirts? It's all like the losing te- losing teams ones. So they're all like, woo. That's funny. <laughs> and so like a bunch of them had them on, and it's just like it was like what? But yeah, like nowadays, like the meme is just like instantaneous. Yeah, it is totally instantaneous. Like you know, somebody can see a, a story on Instagram or about a news clip, and then just screenshot it, put some text on it, and you got a meme. Boom. Yeah. You know? And depending on, you know, how connected they are, as soon as they share it, all 1,200 of their followers share it, and then it's just out there immediately. Crazy. I've thought about this, like, in the past. There are probably so many people who consider themselves famous because of a particular meme that they, like, either either were the first ones to to copy it and thus making it a thing, Mm -hmm. or they were, like, the first one to make it. Like, and but, like, those are, like, the no-named... People of the internet. Right. I recently actually read an article on this, and it, it went through, you know, I don't know, 14 or 15 of the the ones that were the most popular in the past, you know, decade or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, the uh, the good roommate Steve or whatever his name was, where he's like, it shows him smoking, and he's like, you know, he, it's like, you did, you messed up, but he, he it was all good or something. And that's, that was that mm. format. They have these different, you know, stamped formats. Or, like, the, I don't know if it's, like, Lily or Chloe or something, the the little girl with the face, you know, she's like, oh yeah, 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 and she's like, I mean, she's got her own Instagram. She's super popular. She's like, what, five or six years old? <laughs> <laughs> and that other kid, Gavin, you know, he's got that really. It's mostly facial expressions. Yeah, you know, yeah, kids, yeah. You know, everyone looks different, and especially when they're kids, they're just like, you know, when you grow up, obviously you don't quite look the same, but. W- some of these kids look really goofy when they're little, and you know, <laughs> their parents get them on video or you know, take a picture yeah, of them. Yeah. And and somebody else gets their hands on it. Right, right. <laughs> You're like, ooh, it's like content. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ooh, content. Someone else's kids. <laughs> Woo. That's another dark subject, but yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, you mentioned like the niche, um, like the extremely niche uh, memes and uh, like keyboards. Like, how did you get into keyboards? I don't like know. Like customization I and I don't keycaps. Know I don't know if I can quite put my finger on it, but I know that I know that because um, right now in in my room specifically, I'm I've been rearranging and I've trying to you know get my workflow a little bit better established and um, trying to build some different things and you know I bought a new computer and and uh, I actually this new computer was I mean I haven't had a I haven't actually ordered or built a computer for probably 10 years 
And so this one is, I just maxed it out. I got the uh, Lenovo had a memorial sa sale, and I, you know, I, I bought a super cool computer, and it's it's pretty speedy. You know, it's what I need for, you know, CAD design and the different things that I need some actual, some speed for and some reliability for. And um, I was digging through some old stuff, and I found my my old keyboard. It's a Logitech G11, and that specific board has. Um, a separate set of, on the left side, it's got 18 uh, macro keys, and they're just completely fully programmable. Mm -hmm. And I like that format because I also used to edit music, you know, mix and make music in FL Studio and stuff like that, and you could, you know, remap your keys to one area, and I could just, once I once I mapped all my, my controls to that, I could just fly through the program. And yeah. It was depending on what type of file you need, and you can just be on your way and make whatever you want. Um, if you want to machine something they have a whole machining section where it actually spits out g-code and you can you know give it tool heights and offsets and things things that are specific to cnc machining for mills or lathes just stuff like that um and specifically although my official profession over the last 16 years is a machinist but for fusion 360 specifically i actually haven't messed with the programming side of it for machining too much because the reason i the whole reason i put fusion 360 on my computer was to um, start 3D printing, you know, because mm -hmm. I bought a few machines and things, and I wanted to be able to have a, a good program, and it came highly rated, so I downloaded it, and it's the one that I use to make stuff, so. Um. How did you get into, like, 3D printing? Was it something that kind of, like, piqued your interest, and then you kind of just went for your first one? Uh, I'd say probably... I think it was a mix between um, wanting to make uh, costume elements, like for cosplay, and um, things for modding retro consoles, like Game Boys. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for console modding, you know, you have, you can print, like, if you want to put a bigger screen in an you know, original Game Boy, um, there's some kits that you can buy and stuff for it, and there's even files made available for, you know, like, let's say you need an adapter bracket. So instead of you know, dremeling out a piece of plastic that's going to fit, you can, you know, craft it in a, a program like Fusion 360 and use the measuring tools within the program, get it exact, and then print it out, you know. And I saw a huge value in that because I didn't want to, you know, 3D printing is supposed to save you time. I mean, uh, kind of... <laughs> 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 I don't know if I've won that argument in my mind over the, the past couple of years that I've had them, but... Um, that's still because I'm learning to, you know, figure out the prog the programs and stuff. Because there's there are quite a few different programs for 3D printing. Um, slicers, they call them. Basically, you're converting a 3D model image into layers, you know. So that's why they yeah. call them slicers. Um, but I would say mostly what drove me to get a 3D printer was basically hobby stuff. You know, um, it's like I really want to make this custom thing. And I don't want to pay a bunch of money to have somebody else do it because, you know, going back to basically who I am, I like to make things myself. So, yeah. it's, you know, it basically I had a need. It was a nerdy need, but I needed a 3D printer to make stuff that I wanted. So I bought, well, I have five now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a steep slope. It's a steep slope, you guys. <laughs> yeah, so. and uh, But each of them are... Um, different yeah so they're different they're mostly the same i have one that's a different type of printing but they are all a little bit different size so um, some of them are wider some of them are taller than the others i have the smallest one i have is probably it has a it's probably a six or seven inch bed on it it's real tiny um and i'm still working on that one i <laughs> When I get these things, I just like to modify them to be better. And sometimes they stay unmodified and taken apart for months at a time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, you're going to be better one day. But you're for now, I'm, one, one day. I'm tired and I'm hungry. And you're going to sit there with dust on you for the time being. But I'll come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, basically the different types of 3D printing. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to be able to remember them all. But um, uh, they have FDM printing which is, uh, I can't even think of the, something, I, I'm i drawing a blank. My uh, my mind has been so far from 3D printing today. I um, got you. 
FDM. Yeah, FDM 3D printing, uh, SLA, um, fused fused material deposition. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, FDM. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the type would basically, you know, it's a glorified glue gun hooked up to a computer. So you're basically melting plastic and using a program to create a shape on a surface. And so when it, once it completes that shape on the surface, it's basically laying down molten plastic. It's basically plastic welding, if you will. Yeah. Um, it completes that layer and then s- jumps up ever so slightly to the next layer and lays down a new layer. And, you know, if you took, like, the way I, w- the way I would probably describe 3D printing to, let's say, a five-year-old is, you know, I would have him draw me a picture, you know. And then so I would take that picture. We would have a whole stack of sheet of, uh, a whole stack of paper, right? And so we would draw an image. And I'm like, okay, so I'd take that and I'll copy it a little bit, but it'll be a little bit different than this one. Okay, and then put that one on top of it. And then draw another image, but it's going to be just a ever so slightly different than the one below it. You know, so that by the time that you get to layer 100 or 200, you can carve out wherever those lines were, and you have a basically a three D, a three D image, and um, so they have FDM, which is fused. F FDM, fused deposition, fused deposition, deposition modeling, FMD, F- oh FDM, FDM, yeah, which is the filament driven uh, type, and then you have a um, uh, SLA, which is stereolithography. I forget what the A stands for. Um, it basically that's resin printing. So you have a you have a vat basically. It's you know they make these machines ever bigger as the years go on. But I mean I have a small one, and it's um it's resin that you pour into this vat, and it's actually cured by uh, ultraviolet light per, yeah. per layer. Yeah, yeah. And so this is the one that's um this is the method that's used by um, hobbyists that are into like miniature building. You know like Dungeons and Dragons, um, miniatures, highly detailed, very, very tiny figures. Yeah. Where you need a lot of detail, and they spend, you know, countless hours painting them and stuff. And um, that's very handy for incredibly intricate, small work. Um, So I've actually tried to print a few keycaps for a keyboard on it, and then they come out pretty much flawlessly. Um, So I have those two. I have one of the SLA, and the rest are all FDM. Printers, um, the SDA is it? Is that what it is? SLA. SLA. Um, that doesn't have like any of the the lines. Um, I mean, it does if you looking at it under a microscope, but it's very very hard to tell. And you can you can adjust it. Those have their own slice types of slicer programs too, and so you can you can go in and actually tweak the layer distances and things, and you can make them incredibly fine. You know, the the higher resolution they call it a print is, you know, the longer it's going to take. But if you need, obviously, if you need a higher quality 3D image or product or whatever, then get ready to wait for it because <laughs> it'll it'll take a little bit longer. But that's pretty much true with anything else in life. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do I kind of wonder this because I've seen uh, different 3D models and stuff like that. Um, when there are pieces that are kind of like um detached, like let's say an arm of a model, they're kind of they have like these like rigging, like uh. <coughs> like rafters kind of things that kind of like connect to them <coughs> to kind of like hold it up supports supports yes the, yeah. the word is supports and so yeah so let's say like going back to the uh the drawing analogy you know so if you were if you're looking like let's say you have your little action figure it's a toy and you got him standing up on the table if you have him standing up on the table and you look down at the top you know looking at his head down that's a you know top down view but if you're going to print him standing up, his arms stick out a little bit from his sides, and there's nothing underneath his fingers, his arms area. So, when it, if you were to just throw a image, you know, from your computer, if you rented it or bought it or whatever, load it into your slicer, and then just printed it just as is, those arms are going to fail because by the time the printing gets all the way up to the where the the arms are going to be, it's going to be printing on air, and it can't do that it needs some support so i mean there are ways that you can you can manipulate your object in your slicer to print intelligently without supports um, but it really just depends on what you want to print so supports are necessary for that and they can there's all kinds of settings now in these kind of these programs have gotten pretty sophisticated in what you can do the settings that um 
you can tweak within the and it's it's crazy it's especially there's this one called cura and there's an advanced tab and you open that up and you can <laughs> probably break your printer if you don't know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> but you can get very custom with it um so yeah you do need supports and basically you know as the as the legs print you know and the figure the supports on the side for the arms are also going to be printing so that by the time when it gets to the tips of those fingers those are going to be supported you know so and then after the end of the model you clip those off and yeah you can file them down right you can clip those off and on miniatures too they have what they call uh tree supports which they look like tiny little trees and they have little teeny tiny uh, uh balls on the end of of the support and it just barely touches the model so that when you when you these are all settings that you can make too mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that for what you're printing you don't want them too deep into your model so that when you clip it off it looks horrible and you don't want them you know space too far away so that they don't support anything because yeah. I've, I've had prints that just failed because the support wasn't closed enough and i wake up the next morning and i have a ball of i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh plan b like you have like the legs and then like right right so i mean yeah i've i've got a few different examples out i mean you can make functional stuff like this this was actually something that i made for um it's a big acme, acme thread with a um kind of a uh, thumb screw pattern uh, design so you can turn. It's very shallow. Um, but I actually designed this for a uh, paper towel holder. Huh. So, it, you know, it, I have two two arms with the holes, and it just goes in and sticks out a little ways and holds the... Th the, 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 the um. Yeah, so I made that. And then, like, this is for... This isn't something that I designed. I actually got this from Thingiverse. Um, uh, explain Thingiverse, because... I've I've heard about I've it. Heard about Thingiverse? Isn't it just like tons of assets for like all these different models? Yeah. So it's um it's it's just a it's basically I'm trying to think of it's like a library. Yeah. Basically, it's a it's a it's a community community driven community uh, supplemented digital library for 3D models. So if you have and, and literally everything is on there. So like if you even if something let's say broke. I, I was watching a video, this guy, he needed a replacement part for something that was on his, you know, his kid's stroller, you know, a Graco stroller, little connection piece or something. He just took it off, measured it, you know, printed it out and it, it's a plastic piece, you know, yeah, so yeah. It, it worked, it's functional, it's replaced and he went about his life. And so people, people do that and who are also feeling like they would like to share that can upload their design after they make it and be like, Oh cool. That helps me out too. Cause mine also broke. So you can just jump on that website and, um, you know, jump up to the search box and type anything you want in there. And, uh, um, you have to pay for some things, correct? Some things. Yes. Um, Thingiverse is for the most part free. Mm -hmm. uh, I have not seen anything that you have to pay for on Thingiverse. Um, but there are several different sites, um, that if you want extremely, because some people very, very, very good at 3D modeling and things, and mm -hmm. I mean, like the Joker said, never. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, if you're good at something, never do it for free. <laughs> so, some people who are, you know, even things that aren't necessarily, you know, practical, like something that's gonna fix something in your house, but you know, like a a bust of Iron Man or something. Someone, yeah, who yeah. someone who's incredibly like very skilled at 3D modeling, you know, human-looking objects. You know, they can load their stuff on the internet and, you know, charge a, you know, maybe 15, 20 bucks for the file. And somebody wants that in their house, they can pay for it. And the designer makes money and everybody wins. Yeah. Um. So there's like two type of 3D printer owners, like the one's the creator. And then there can be just like the 3D printer owner who literally does not even know a thing about modeling and will sure. just only buy sure or yeah. just find things mm -hmm. that they just enjoy. It is my suspicion though that even those type of people who are just interested in printing and that's it, I think eventually if they decide to own a printer, put it in their house somewhere and use it on a very frequent basis, they're going to want to, they're going to come, uh, this because I say this because this has happened to me, they're going to come to the, p the point where they're not going to be able to find a file for what they specifically need online, and they're going to have to make it themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's my suspicion, and I'm pretty sure it's right, that they're going to eventually get some kind of software to make things th you know, themselves. Like, well, I have this incredibly specific thing that no one else has, and I need it now, so <laughs> I'm 
Might as well to make you know make it. I oh. typed it into every website I. Nobody could find. has it. <laughs> Flips table that flipping table meme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I needed that table for my three D printer. Now it's broken. Um. And also, uh, this like my this like piece. You like my sign? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do like the sign. Yeah, so it's that's my. I was literally that took me maybe ten minutes to. I was actually funny thing about that. It's a little, just a little sign. It looks like the size of a, you know, a craftsman, you know, toolbox logo, basically. But I was actually trying out. It's funny you picked that up because I was actually trying out a different type of slicer that I don't normally use, and it was interesting. I don't remember which one I was actually using, but I was, I loaded some, you know, I made that little image. I raised the raised the rectangle and I put some text on it, and so I put macro mod because that's my tentative title for you know making things and altering things so i put my i put my name on there and i tried it out and it came up pretty good mm-hmm. so um the reason why i pointed this out um is this like the multi multiple color filament um so i'm still actually playing with that one at that the i have a multi filament or a multi color filament um automated uh system on my biggest printer and so that one it's an actually it's a unit that supplements existing 3d printers so it's a separate unit uh, it costs about as much as a laptop it's pretty expensive um, but you can do quite a bit with it if it's calibrated correctly and I I've been busy with other things uh, recently I haven't got back to it in at least a month but um, it's a very impressive capable machine uh, it's made by Palette. It's just it's just called a palette. And I specifically have the Palette Two S Pro, and it basically, as it prints, it doesn't actually push filament into your printer, but it actually just cuts and fuses and produces different colored filaments for your 3D printer. So it's yeah. uh, and there's two different ways that you can do it. Um, but this one specifically, I actually uh, this was on my non-color 3D printer, and all I did was go into the program. And you can you can program it so that it will actually stop at a specific layer. Mm-hmm. So you can do any number of things. But for this specifically, I had it stop in three places so that I could change the, the filament manually. So so what you're saying is you got a dark blue in the bottom, a light blue, and then this kind of... It's actually a incredibly super deep dark blue, but it's uh, it looks gray. And so at those levels, all I did was I wait for it to stop, and then I switched out the filament, and then pressed go, and it kept going. And so you can get these cool. Even if you don't have a multicolor three D printer, you can still get some pretty cool stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, the possibilities are kind of endless, especially with um, uh, people who are into electronics. I remember years ago when I first stepped into a Fry's Electronics, my very first time. This <laughs> is when I, this is when I was living in Oregon. And they had one, uh, I think Beaverton, Tualatin. I don't know anybody from. I haven't been back to Oregon in a while. Anyway, that was the first one I went to. And you know, if you're walking through and you can see these different, you know, electronic components, like you got capacitors and resistors and stuff that I can't even pronounce, and like stuff that I was not savvy on building electronic things from scratch. But yeah, I'd go through towards the end of one of those aisles, and you see like enclosures for product enclosures. So people who will build something out of electronics and they need something to enclose it. And that's actually incredibly, or 3D printing is incredibly valuable for that that sort of thing because you can design extremely custom cases for full-on whatever projects that you have, you know, after you soldered your whole project together, Mm -hmm. make a case for it, and you have a really cool, you know, incredibly custom project. So otherwise it's just like a... Scramble of wires. It's just a mess of wires. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just. Oh, I. That's you know, you can't. T- it's not I made that. Wow. It's not very attractive unless you're a nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so others will like. Wow, that's so cool. It's like, wow, what did you break? Oh no, I'm building this. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your mom tosses it in the trash. Oh, sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I gotta move out of this place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. What's the next step? The next step, and I don't even know. I'm one of those people where um, I'm incredibly distractible. <laughs> <laughs> so because there's just there's, I I mean I'm 
34. My birthday is this year. I'm going to be 35. And I'm at the point in my life where there is so much cool stuff to get into that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to force myself to come to the fact, just face the fact that I'm not going to be able to do all the cool things <laughs> before I die. Probably. I mean, I would have to, you know, not sleep at all if I wanted to do that. And I love sleep, so um, <laughs> it's hard to, it's basically, I want to say, like, some people plan their lives out very meticulously, like, oh, yeah, I have my entire year planned out. That went well for 2020, huh? Um, <laughs> no, I didn't, not at all. But some people, I've never been to somebody who just meticulously plans, and I could probably do better if I did a little bit more of that, but I don't. So I kind of go at it day by day. It's like, okay, what do I feel like doing today? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, depending on what hobby it is, what do I feel like dealing with today? Because some days are like that. It's like, depending on what hobby you're into, it's like some people are into um, building drones, you know, flying, building and racing drones. Yeah, or, yeah. or just simply flying and taking photography. You know, and I'm sure I've, I haven't specifically got into that, but I think I feel like that would be my, ma- my next um, sort of fun thing. Because I, n- I never did RC cars. I know people are super into yeah, that. Yeah. You know, those are really cool to watch. I've never actually got into that. But if I did any kind of RC thing, it would definitely be uh, racing flying drones. That would be pretty cool. I, I like that. I actually printed a drone uh, body out of carbon fiber filaments. Hey. Yeah, it's, it's sitting in a bucket in my garage. So what kind of filaments can you use? Because, like, there's not just a particular kind. Like, I've seen, like, using, like, relatively the same plastic, I've seen, like, bioluminescent. I've seen, um, I think I've seen chromatic. Mm-hmm. There is quite a few now. So I'm going to do my best to imagine them all. So you have, so aside from the, the polymer side, there's different, there's, you know, a plethora of different 50, 60, 70 different types of actual polymers like the, you know, on a uh, molecular level of what the actual it's made up of. Um, As far as appearance goes, excuse me, um, you have PLA, uh, poly something acid. uh, The science escapes me. The the big Lethargic. Lethargic. (laughs) Pretty lethargic. uh, um, amino acid. Amino acid. The second A is silent. Uh, <laughs> uh, so aside from the actual polymer s- molecular side of it, you know, we can get into that. But like from an appearance standpoint, you can get loads of different colors. You know, so it's pretty much um, whatever color that you want, you can find it. And there's even depending on your technology, you can actually blend different colors. So, so you have different colors of PLA is the most commonly used it's kind of the standard one it's the cheapest kind of the you know like when you start a racing game like this is the car you start with it's kind of an all-around one you know yeah it's yeah kind of kind of a, it's a balanced material that's the kind of the, the one you use and you get into so like that one i mentioned carbon fiber it actually has it's a mix of a poly- polymer and it actually has a, a percentage of um, carbon fiber in it so depending on the type of structure that you print or whatever you do get a little bit better structural rigidity strength and uh you also it shaves a few ounces off too because it's lighter material um you mentioned bioluminescent they have those uh uv reactive where it reacts to or it glows only under uv light um they actually have filament that you can get that has actually wood content in it so you can Mm. print something and actually treat it and sand it as if it were wood because it has it's still plastic to kind of hold it together because it needs to melt and stuff it actually smells a little bit like burnt wood when it comes out when you're making it too, but that's pretty cool. Mm. They have those. Um, <laughs> oh, you have a scented candle? <laughs> I have a 3D printer. <laughs> oh, no, I have a 3D printer. Step into my office. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, a friend of mine uh, built something uh, using flexible. Mm-hmm. Flexible. Filaments. Yeah, I forgot about flexible. I do have, I do have a couple ro- rolls of flexible. Flexible is very useful i actually s- in the in the countless 3d printing videos that i've seen i have seen somebody 3d print an entire shoe <laughs> out of flexible material and mm. it's wearable and comfortable uh that's pretty cool um things like i don't know like you can actually mix you know hard pla plastic and flexible if you want like let's say you wanted 
a little joint somewhere, you could make a specific area just flexible mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Um, that's pretty cool. And there's just, I mean, I'm trying to think what I've made. And uh, my friend, he was ex- he was explaining it to me, but he he created like a little. I think it was a file, but it was like a little octopus, and like the oh, body. Right. You could squish it, mm-hmm. and it, it's like the same thing. It had like the um, the supports, mm-hmm. but it was the supports on the inside, inside. and yeah. the less like the less uh, like the more empty it is inside, the the squishable it more mm-hmm. squishable it is. Oh yeah, yeah. So so that so that is actually called infill in the programs, and you can actually on this piece you can actually see the pattern on the inside. Mm-hmm. Like that one specifically is a little triangle pattern. Um, there's one because filling them is like a lot more. Oh yeah, so like the filament. Yeah, so like if you're hold that thing you're holding now, um, if I were to fi- if I were to print that at 100, percent I mean, yes, it would take quite a bit longer, and it would be incredibly heavy because it's, you know, solid plastic. And it's if you need a solid plastic part, that's fine. You know, it's you could totally do that. Yeah, anymore. yeah. But like, if you want to print, let's say, you know, a six inch figure of a you know, some kind of cool toy or something. Something that's going to be a display piece. Um, you're going to waste a lot of filament if you print that at 100%. So it, something like that would be probably between 20 and 50%. So it's lighter. You know, you use less plastic and you still get a cool looking product. Does the program uh, kind of like uh, do that for you? For like the structural, like the interior? Uh, some programs, it's kind of automatic there are there are programs that are pretty bare bones so like it will it only has a couple settings and you load your thing and it will get it printable for you but so the ones that i use like cura um i forget what version they're on now 4.9 or something um you can go into the advanced settings and actually set your infill percentage so if you want like let's say you're Let's say you're just testing something out. Like, you don't even know if it's going to work. Yeah. So you don't want to waste a whole lot of time printing the inside of it because you don't know if it's going to work yet. So, like, kick it maybe down to 10 15% and print Less it. Less structural integrity. Right, right. And so make sure it works. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to make this change, and I think this is going to work. And then you can bump up your infills, you know. Yeah. And it just depends on what the part is doing. You mm-hmm. know, if you, need some, if you need a part that's going to have a lot of stress on it over an extended period of time, Maybe you print it at a higher percentage mm-hmm. and consider different types of material and, you know, so, I mean, I would hazard to guess that most people who get 3D printers, I have seen, it's just for making toys, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you can, it's just interesting too, like the, the whole manufacturing side of this technology, they d- they call it additive manufacturing. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the, um, suit and tie term for, yeah, yeah. for 3D printing, but, um, they actually have consumer um, machines now available that print metal. Yes, and I've seen that. Yeah, those are, I mean, that's some pretty cutting-edge technology. I've seen some close-up of that, and basically it's a, it actually uses a laser in the process. It lays down a fine pow- uh, line of powder, metal powder, and then right directly behind it, it just welds it together. Yeah. So they have, I watched this machine, I think it's a, I think it's a Morisiki DMG Basically, it's additive and subtractive, which is classic machining, in one machine. So mm. basically, they show this machine, and it's just an empty table, and the additive component comes down and crafts this. I think it was like big old pipe flange or something, and it lays down layer after layer and creates out of metal on this bed an object, and then it comes with an end mill afterwards and finishes up all the surfaces and stuff. Just absolutely mind-blowing. Like... There was nothing in this machine when it started, and now there's a finished, saleable product. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. I, I thought I read somewhere that they did that for like a particular like, um, uh, aircraft uh, piece because it like needed that structural integrity of no, like, um, combined part or no. Yeah, it's probably maybe it was an impeller or something. Uh, potentially. I've I seen the. Trying to think if I've actually read about that. They, I have heard. I think it was, I think it was Maker Maker Forge. One of them has the product called the Metal X, and they were. I was watching this just short video about. Um, so, especially for aerospace, you have different types of metal alloys that um, 
exhibit different properties that some uh, there are some that are very popular in aerospace for for their properties. One of them is Inconel. It's incredibly it's incredibly hard metal. Um, it can withstand a, a, a crazy amount of heat. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a lot of heat. You know, some maybe thousands of degrees or something, but it can stand a lot of heat and is incredibly reliable, but it's incredibly hard to manufacture, very rough on tooling. And so this little snippet that I was watching, they were making, um, it was just this little machine, you know, probably 18 inches wide. And the purpose of this machine was to, it had these little, they look like little basketball hoops that held little containers. There was probably four and four and it, had flames underneath them and it um it was basically a mineral tester they were like fusing different minerals or something and they needed to heat this up and these little rings um it was specifically these rings with two prongs they would hold these little things and it would pass it over a flame it was basically for scientific purposes or something but those rings needed to withstand a crazy amount of heat because of the they're basically melting minerals together and those are incredibly hard to manufacture because those are made out of inconel and I've seen even on, on uh, Instagram some of these um, 3D printing additive manufacturing trade shows that they show the newest technology for the year. These business people come in and they see what's available. Um, I saw my first 3D printed in canal part, and the intricacy that you can get on these things is you, would, you absolutely would not be able to achieve that with conventional machining technology. Huh. And so you can get, so like let's say we were just talking about this infill this pattern, like within this this 3D printed part, there's a there's a pattern within there. So you can print a pattern inside of something that's incredibly specific to your needs that traditional tooling could not be able to reach. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's really exploded this technology. And I've I would I haven't yet, but I've loved to go to one of these shows and see just just have all this stuff melt my face off because I want to <laughs> see this stuff, fit, you know, close up. Like I've seen lots of videos. I mean, that's, that's how I see any learn about anything really. But I would love to go to one of these shows and see things firsthand, and to hear these people explain this technology is, it's like you can do what? <laughs> it's yeah. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what year are we living in right now? It's crazy. Yeah, that's super cool. So, but right now I'm melting plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I have to start somewhere. I, we do have to start somewhere. Haven't graduated yet, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, th- I even saw a while ago. This was quite a while ago, actually. Like when three D printers were just starting to get popular, uh, somebody was like, "What's the biggest, most most expensive thing we can make?" And they basically made the first three D printed car. Oh yes, yes, I remember this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, the world was going crazy, and then they had to come back and be, like, not the engine. <laughs> right. Like, like everything but the engine, right. almost. Just what it looks like. <laughs> just, just... The chassis. Just, yeah, yeah. But it was just so funny, because everyone was like, no way, like, how'd you do... And then they're like, not the engine. They're like, right. oh, so you just paid a lot of money and just got the, got the body. Oh, yeah, big deal. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I hate that attitude, I made too, the miniature like vision. <laughs> I hate that attitude, too, because, like, like right now, I'm not working, but you know, growing up being a machinist, working in machine shops, sometimes you get people that come through and they're just like, "Oh, is that is that all you do is push buttons all day?" <laughs> it's like, do you know which buttons to push? <laughs> it's like, yeah, this part just jumped up inside the machine, clamped itself down, and programmed itself, wrote its own. You know, it just did that all itself. It's like people see things so, you know, one-sided. It's like they they walk in, they see something happening, and I was like, "Oh wow, what? Oh." oh. That doesn't look very hard. You're just standing there. Right. In an air-conditioned building. Mm. Wow. I want that job. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like, if you had any idea what was going on right now, (laughs) you would leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Behind the red line, please. I definitely feel like that sometimes where it's, you know, like if you're watching a movie, the characters that are like, you know, you have, you know, the jock, and then you have, you know, the ditzy girl, and then you have the super geek, where it's like, he's like, actually, and like, you know, please, I need to concentrate. <laughs> I, I feel like that so many times. Like, can can we save this for later? I'm super busy. Back away. <laughs> like, just, it's for your own good, too. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. The creative mind is always going. Mm-hmm. Oh, it totally is. I'll wake up with ideas. I'm like, could I pull this? I could totally make that. And then I just start my day like, yeah, we're, that's what we're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing today? Hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. And then another thing, uh, I think they were doing it t- in Texas because um, uh, like housing was really expensive or they just needed a lot of houses. And they actually created like a room sized. Um, it's like a almost like a crane, but it's. I think they've had several versions of it, but uh, they basically started three D printing houses using concrete. Oh yes, yes. I'm glad you brought this up because I was eventually going to come to it. Um, I wouldn't mind living in a three D printed house. I would also sit and watch the entire thing happen. <laughs> in the middle of the house? Yeah. Print me into this thing. <laughs> Let's go, boys. Uh, where's the door? <laughs> oh, whoops. I forgot to program that in. <laughs> but, like, uh, do you think, like, in the future they'll be able to, like, almost literally just, like, sit down with your architect and, like, 3D model your house? I mean, they probably have it now. Uh, and, and, like, like you have to do it this way. Otherwise, it's almost pointless. But the way that they built it, they they made it very um, non-geometric. Mm-hmm. It was like very, um, what's the word? Organic. Organic looking, yeah. Yeah, and because if you if you start making straight lines, then you're just like, uh, you're pointless. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is useless. Like, but we could do so much. Yeah, it's like, uh, like what's a good, uh, what's a good analogy? It's like transporting your kids in your Lamborghini just like to <laughs> soccer practice. I mean, if that's the only car you have, you know. Yeah, but, but it is just funny. It's like no, if it you is, have yeah. this multi-million dollar mm. technology and it you're just going to make yeah. a straight-walled yeah. house because it's like, oh, this is my dream house. It's like, well, you make a good point there because it's, it's, it's definitely, okay, I have an unconventional method of doing something that is incredibly common. Like people need houses. Houses need to be built. But if you have a cutting-edge unconventional, which is <laughs> part of, where you got your name from? Hey, hey. Uh, if you have a ventionable way of doing something, yeah. Uh, then yeah, the build it, c- basically push the limit. You know, see 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 what it can do. Make something that looks like, oh man, how did they how did they build that? And like the only, like if somebody didn't know what a three D printer was, it would just absolutely blow their mind when they saw it. Like, how did they make that? It's just yeah, you know. <laughs> I've seen those. I've seen those videos, and like, I'm like, ah, those, that looks cool. It's like, could I? Yeah, I could live in a 3D printed house. That looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Especially if I could design it. That's the key. Yeah. Just, just super valuable. I love that. Um, and in the program, it shows you how much filament, quote unquote, <laughs> like cement, is left. This is gonna take 12 metric tons of. <laughs> and and so hey, so you can build whatever design you want, and then they just like overview it, like, and have like architectures make sure that it's all stable and everything. But, like, they can go through, and it's like, oh, okay. And, the like, the measuring bar, like, says, okay, you've hit your limit. Do you want to pay an extra 5K for this limit? Right, right. Yeah, that, mm. that would, yeah. It's like, mm, oh, mm, mm. Oh, mm. Maybe I do want to spend another Maybe five. I do. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cool technologies. Now, there. all they need to do is take, like, moon sediment and just be able to infuse that into <laughs> making its own concrete and so you could just plant one of these robots on the moon and from home just like okay go okay go so what was then when you land there's just literally just like a mock replica of vegas or something random it's like yeah wait you you let it print something for that long and this is what you came up with like i i printed a boat like like no no just just a rowboat I will go down in history as the man who printed a boat on the moon. <laughs> I mean, not a lot of people could could say that about themselves if that <laughs> happened. But and and they're like, um, they're like, critici- why a boat? Like criticizing you, and you're like, yes, but the structural integrity and all the 3D printing nerds like, ooh, that's amazing. <laughs> look at the details. <laughs> and look, it looks like it's wood grained. <laughs> the detail is all for nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> their faces are melting <laughs> off. Their glasses are falling <laughs> off their face. <laughs> the world yeah. is disappointed, but all of them, yes. Printed a boat on the moon. Wow, that's what you guys got from this podcast Woo. episode. We printed a boat on the moon, theoretically. Theoretically. Well, who said that we didn't? 
<laughs> on the dark side of the moon, they just planted the bot. Well, apparently there is photographic evidence that there actually already pyramids on the moon. <sighs> this Photoshop isn't gonna hang out. <laughs> uh, I saw this one thing. It was so so dumb, <laughs> and um, and they were somebody was like saying, "Oh, they faked uh Tesla shooting the uh car, oh, the, the car, car into space." The car, and the reason being is they were like, "Look at this footage," and very blatantly, obviously, was like a rat like running on the side <laughs> of the side of the thing, and they're like, "Oh, they filmed it," and it's like, and somebody was like. You didn't even color grade it correctly. He's like, learn Adobe After Effects better or something like that. <laughs> it was just like... The shadow was in the wrong place. <laughs> it was just like so funny because it was just like... At first, you had no idea what you were looking at. They were trying to like make it all like... Discredit. Yeah. yeah. And then and then it was like, oh, it moved. It looked like a rat. And it was just so funny. One guy is just like, just blatantly comes up. He's like, ah, you color graded it wrong. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsies. But yeah, um, I was gonna say, what's what's the name of the Curiosity? Is the name of the the, the Mars rover, right? Yeah. <coughs> I was trying to think what we'd call the three D printing ro- moon robot if we had named it. The the three D printing bot. It has to be cheese related. It's got to be cheese related because the moon's made of cheese, right? And, and there's holes in it, and so that it. so that means like it's like the filament, like. Mm. Uh, it's like the structural integrity. But it's a robot. But it's a robot. It's on the moon and it's printing a boat. <laughs> um, Swiss bot. Swiss, Swiss, Swiss bot. Mm. Uh, sw- if the Swiss didn't put it on the moon, they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> gripe about <laughs> that. Woo! Hmm. We 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 put it there. I figure. I feel like this. I feel like this is the, the part of the podcast where we just leave that and we'll we'll come up with the name of the robot like yeah. right before the end. <laughs> it's like oh that's it that's the name that's yeah. it yeah. We're coming. We're coming back unless to you. We're coming back to you, uh, robot. Unless somebody else has a better idea. Uh, yeah. Uh, should we take some callers? <laughs> we'll take a caller. Um. Hello. So yeah. You're, you're live in my in my dining room. What do you have? <laughs> What's your idea for? <laughs> What's your idea? <laughs> hey, that'd be fun. Random caller. That would be fun. Random caller. And we mentioned that before we started. And it's like that would be pretty cool. To Calling f- random people and asking take them. Take random calls from people. Um, we might do that after the show. We could. we could. I, for a short period of time, I actually did. I tried my hand at stand-up comedy, like, once a week. And when I was in Oregon, they had um, a PowerPoint presentation night, basically. It was, they had the screen behind you, and it... You oh, had, you I've had seen... You have I've five minutes, this. and you don't know what the subject is, but you had a minute per... And so they would flash the new topic on the screen, and it would be whatever, you know, just anything yeah. from the news, from history, anything. Uh, one time I got, I think I've only done it once or twice that specific night, but one time I got, um, all, all the screen said was George Washington, colon, alcoholic. <laughs> That's all it said. And it was right before I finished, and I was like, don't know what to do with that one. Apparently he's an alcoholic. <laughs> My time was up, but but we could do something like that. Be like, you know, just randomize a topic, get some kind of a random thing. Yeah. Hello, you're live, and we want your opinion on this. This. Huh. <laughs> More Shop. ideas. More ideas. And, uh, yeah, we'll be on that. Uh, I have a segment that's called, like, Worth Ventioning. Worth Ventioning. And it's kind of just, like, after we hit record, like, after we finish the podcast, we kind of just... Uh, it's more rambling. It's like kind of like the the, de- the designated spot for rambling. Okay. Like like cheese moons wasn't enough. Ooh, cheese moons. <laughs> cheese moons. <laughs> that sounds like an indie band. <laughs> <laughs> we are the cheese bands. Oh yes. Welcome live <laughs> to the cheese moon. Wow. All right. Oh, um, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for having me. In your own home. In my own home. <laughs> um, anything else you would like to say? Just, um, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm not super famous or anything, but I guess I could plug my Instagram. Ooh. So Go ahead. So my Instagram is filled with whatever geekery, nerdery, buildery that I am currently in the process of. It's from electronics, keyboard stuff, building things. I don't post pictures of my food. Well, on my story. <laughs> 
But my right now my handle is just macromod. It's just gonna be M A C R O M O D all lowercase. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can find me. And if you care enough. <laughs> yep. And, and um, potentially be on the lookout for like potentially selling something on there. Yes, I have few I have a quite a few handful of, of things that I need to finish so that I can get them out the door. Um some custom things, Game Boys, um, I have some custom keyboard ideas in the works that mm-hmm. might be if I end up not liking enough to keep, I will be selling them. So um, I'll probably post about that somewhere. Cool. And uh, so, yeah, if you are interested in 3D printing, um, get into it. But be ready for some frustration depending on what you get. Um, there's sometimes a learning curve for that. So Oh, yeah. But write your ideas down. Keep those ideas coming. Because sometimes I forget them and I'm sad. Hmm. So keep yeah. a maker journal. Should keep a maker journal. I tried to keep a dream journal for dreams a, a little while. <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> like ah, my hand. This is too much effort. <laughs> <laughs> so now I put everything in my phone. <laughs> ah, that's great. So, well, um, till next time. I'm sure there will be. M- much more other topics that we can dive into at oh some yeah. point. Yeah, because oh yeah. we kind of like refrained from being too rambly. Yeah, well, I mean, we we covered a lot, but we kind of, we didn't stay too No spoilers, long. no spoilers. Okay, Not no for spoilers. Next time. All right, uh, thank you for being here uh, at your own home <laughs> and allowing me to intrude. Thank you for being here, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, stay creative. Yes, always. Um... Keep making, and we'll see you next time. All right.